Well, um, I love kids. You guys may not know that um, as much as I bag on my children. In fact, I do love them. Um, and uh, I've got six of them at home, which tells you how much I do love them. Um, but really, it's, it's my wife that I love more than them, right? That's why um, we endure the children. Um, they're just kind of like it's a package deal. You know, you get the spouse and the spouse wants the children. And um, so you endure for, for 18, 30 years, however it longs to take them, you know, get them all out of there. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but I really do. I love having a full house. I love having kids. I love parents. Um, it's quite stressful. Um, people often ask me, um, how do you manage to care for six kids? I said, the real trick is just feeding them. Um, once you feed them, um, give them some water every day, um, that, that's kind of it. Um, make sure they're clothed and, and things like that. But my favorite thing about being a parent, um, this may surprise some of you, it's getting to sound like my dad. Um, I, I love my dad, and there's times um, that, that I'm, I'm getting on my kids, and, and I swear, like, I don't know if you've ever done this, any of my parents in here, um, the thing that I say sounds exactly in my mind, like tone and everything, just like my dad. Like I'm, I'm transferred back to when I was a teenager and I was a screw up. Um, and it just, but I love it. I mean, it's just little glimpses. Uh, it's nostalgic, right? Um, and this time I'm on the giving end, which is much better than the receiving end. And so I just really enjoy um, getting to do that. And, and the moments I really like, again, is being like my dad. Um, so I love it. Um, kind of some examples of this. I have teenagers now. Uh, you guys pray for us. We've got three in the house. Um, and, and don't pray for us. I mean, really pray for them that I don't kill them before they make it out of the house. That's the real prayer there. Um, but, you know, I know, right? Um, so it's like one of those things, I think if I just like really hurt one of them, the, the other five will fall in line. That's, that's kind of the plan I'm getting ready to go with. <laughs> but, uh, you know, when they begin to like know it all, you know, teenagers know it all and, and things like that. And I'm not, my kids, um, this is so like, like me, you know, they're like, uh, they say something about their room. Um, did you guys have your room when you were a teenager? Your room? Like, uh, I hope not, because in my house, there's no such thing as personal space. Um, and I have to remind my kids, that's not your room. That's my room. All the rooms are my room. And, and in fact, that door you have, that's mine too. And you keep it up. You're not going to have a door either. Um, or they get in arguments. We do a, a family movie night. Um, and then that's one of these big things. We don't do a whole lot of TV during the week, but, but kind of at the end of the week, we do a family movie night. And again, six kids, they bicker. We have good kids. We're blessed. Um, but sometimes they forget things. They're like, that's my spot. And uh, I have to, to interject and remind them again, that's my spot. They're all my spots. Everything here you have is because I'm gracious. I've given you life. I've allowed you to live. And I've given you this spot. So stop arguing with your siblings or I'll take all the spots away and you won't get to sit on the couch ever again until you move off to college. And so... Um, and really what I'm doing is I'm just helping my kids with like stewardship principles, right? I'm just reminding them that, man, everything you have comes from me. Um, um, but as adults, we kind of grow out of that. And I know when I was a kid, my dad reminded me of that all the time. This is mine. Everything in this house is mine. You have nothing. You own nothing. Um, if you behave well enough, I may let you leave here with pants. Um, but... As we become adults ourselves, we kind of forget that principle. And the truth of the matter is that, that even though we think all that we have is ours and ours alone, um, just like our kids own nothing, we own nothing. And it all comes from God. It's, it's a gift from him. And so tonight, um, as you guys have settled in and we've locked the doors, um, tonight we want to talk about... <laughs> 
we want to talk about stewardship. Um, now, I'm not going to have you guys break out checkbooks and, and try to collect a bunch of money or anything, but I want to talk about stewardship. And stewardship is this, um, the, responsible, the responsible overseeing and protection of something considered worth caring for and preserving. Um, so oftentimes when we hear stewardship in the church, we directly um, just believe that, man, they're going to ask for my money. That, that's what they're going to talk about. And that's not really what we're going to talk about at all. We're going to talk about the responsibility we have for overseeing stuff. Just like when I give my kids something and, and I allow them to steward it, there's an expectation I have there, right? Care for it. And, and we get that principle with our children. And then we forget that principle when it comes to our things and the things that we believe that we work for and the things that we believe that, that are ours and ours alone. And especially when we're in recovery, when, when we've been in these places in our past, you know, we become so selfish with everything that we have, our, our decisions, our time, everything is so selfishly driven that when we move out of that, we especially need to be reminded again that, that everything we have is a gift. It's been given to us and we need to learn to care for it well. And so tonight's message is titled this, A Life Well Lived. And again, I wanna talk about the responsibility we have for three gifts that God's given each of us. And those gifts are this, our time, our talent, and our treasure. Our time, our talent, and our treasure. And, and the truth that I want you to walk away is this. A good life isn't measured by what we do for ourselves. That, that oftentimes we think that, that that's the thing, that, that I've leveraged enough for my personal gain and my personal success, but a good life isn't measured by that. It's measured by what we manage to do for the glory of God. When it comes to our time, you know, yeah, what are you doing for yourself? But what are you really doing for God? Our talent and our treasures. And so I want to start with three verses to help get our minds and our hearts ready for this. Because this is what I know to be true, that when we talk about things like this, again, my time is precious to me. Um, I'll be honest, I'm more forthcoming with my money. I can be more generous with my money than my time. But, but it's not easy for me to let go of my money. And then my talents, I mean, God's gifted me with things. And, and especially, you know, when we, when we step into roles as business owners and we're getting a paycheck for something to give up our time for free, well, man, that, that's just difficult. And so I wanna share a couple of verses with you guys again to help get your minds right for this. The first is James, James 1, 16 through 18. And it says this, so don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Whatever, say whatever. Whatever is good, say good, and perfect, say perfect, is a gift coming down to us from God, our Father, who created all the lights in heaven. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word, and we, out of all creation, became his prized possession. Um, and, and it's kind of one of these things that, again, as eerie as it can be when I sound like my dad, this sounds like something I remind my children of, that, that I remind my children all the time, every good and perfect thing you have in this house is a gift from your dad, right? And, and I remind them of that. And I go out into this world, and again, my mindset is, this is mine. This is mine. This is mine. And, and God's word reminds us that, that if it's good, if it's pleasing, it came from God. That, that it's a gift, that, that we've been offered the opportunity and given the privilege to steward that. That means to care for it, right? To nurture it, to use it for God and to glorify him. Um, a couple more verses I wanna share with you out of, out of 1 Corinthians 10, 31. It says this, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all, say all. all. Do it all for the glory of God. Um, and so again, 
Everything we have that's good and pleasing is a gift from God, and everything we do should be done for the glory of God. The crap job, you should be working it for the glory of God, that, that we have a responsibility. You're giving your time there, and even the time at that job should be stewarded appropriately, and it should be leveraged for God. You should do that for the glory of God. Everything that we do, parenting, relationships, Whatever it is, that, that that's the mentality. We gotta remember that, that our time is precious. I don't know about you, but, but every year I have is good and pleasing to me. I mean, it's, it's something that, that I get to spend with my family, with my friends, that, that, that I cherish those things. And so that time I have, I, I should spend every moment that I can, that I'm capable within my, within my power doing things for the glory of God. And then in Colossians 3.23, it says this, work willingly at whatever you do, Again, there's nothing on this earth that, that should be done um, haphazardly or, or halfway. And if I wasn't on the platform, there was another way I would say that. But uh, work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord. And whatever you do, just keep in mind that, that whatever it is, that's for God. Whatever it is, mowing your lawn. As much, I mean, if, you, if you're not a yard person, you're like, yeah, are you sure? Yeah, everything. That, that we should stand out as believers by, by our work ethic, by, by the way that we use our time, our talent, and our treasures, because it all comes from God, and it all should be used for the glory of God. And so work willingly at whatever you do, as though you are working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward, and that the master you are serving is Christ. Again, God's given us our time. God's given us our talent. God's given us our treasure. It's not ours. We have the opportunity to steward it. And again, when we talk about being a steward, it's this. Ah, if I can find it. It's the responsible overseeing and protection of something considered worth caring for. And so our time, our talent, our treasure, it's meant to be used for God. And we should be responsible with every moment we get. And so when we're generous, I love this, being generous with what we have breaks the power our stuff has over us. Breaks the power our stuff has over us. That, that again, that, that if, if, I have, if I have time that's precious to me, when I keep it to myself, it, it's easy to be selfish with all of my decisions and all the things that I do. But as I begin to be generous with it, maybe showing up to church, serving, doing stuff for other people, that, that I realize that the more I give my time, the more I enjoy that time. That, that, that's the thing that happens. And so it begins to break the power. Our talents, that when I use my talents to serve myself, which I've done and, and I can be guilty of still doing, that there's a selfishness to that. And, and when we're selfish with the things that God's given us, the pleasure we get from that selfishness, it's not the same as when we give freely. And when we begin to give freely, it breaks that power. That, that this is what I've come to know to be true, that, that the more generous I am, not only the easier it is to be generous, but the more I enjoy my generosity. That, that, that there's, there's something that I get out of it. There's a joy. And anybody in here who's ever given, who's ever served, knows that to be true. That, that we have to get to this place where we understand that this is not mine, that it's God. And as I leverage it for him, as I give it freely, that it breaks the power that it has over me. And not only that, but it flies in the face of culture. That culture tells us, man, this, this is yours, your personal possession, that it's meant to be leveraged for you. But when we do this, again, it flies in the face of culture. It gives us more freedom and allows us to stand out and to do more for God. And so a good life 
isn't measured by what we do for ourselves, but by what we manage to do for the glory of God. Again, a good life isn't measured by what we do for ourselves. It's not measured by how much stuff you have, how much money you make. It's not measured by how much time you spend on things that are only an interest to you or how much attention you get for your phenomenal talents, whatever they may be. But a good life is measured by how much we manage to do for the glory of God. And so if we want a life well lived, we need to realize that point number one is this, our schedule should not be our own. Again, our schedule should not be our own. And, and that, that's difficult, right? Because we only have so much time, right? There's, there's seven days in a week, right? 52 weeks in a year. Um, I love this. There's 24 hours in each day, um, 168 hours in each week. And it's not a lot. Um, but when you begin to break it down, um, this is what I, I know to be true, that before I started working here at the church, um, I didn't really spend a whole lot of time doing things for God. I had a business. I, I spent 70 hours working every week, making money for myself, and, and that was great. And then, you know, I would sleep some in there, and I would drink some in there, and, and I would do these things. Um, and then when it came to the things of God, you know what? I never had time for that. I never had time for that. I had time for all these other things. Um, because I was selfish with my choices, I was selfish with my schedule, and I forgot this very important thing, that, that my schedule shouldn't be my own. The 168 hours that we have each week is a gift. And so how much of it are we giving back to the giver? That, that if that's what's been given to us, if that's what we're steward, if that was something you'd given your child, how concerned would you be with how they're using it? And how little attention do we pay um, to, to the amount of time that we give to the things of God? I mean... I can't show up to church for an hour on a Sunday. I don't have time for that. I can't come to a recovery meeting. I don't have time for that. I can't attend a life group. I don't have time for that. And we don't have time for anything, but there's 168 hours that, that we have tons of time for, but we need to begin to prioritize the time that we do have to leverage it for God and realize, man, this was given to us by him. We should at least take a little bit of it and give it back to him, to serve him, and to serve the things of God. And so Psalms 90.12 says this, teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. That we do need to realize that, that God's given us a short amount of time. There's not a lot, and we have to put a priority on serving him. Because if we don't, we can burn through 168 hours a week. That's no problem. No problem. I can feel that with all sorts of selfish activities. I can spend 168 hours on myself, easy, easy, but we have to prioritize that. We have to realize that it's short, that if we keep putting it off, like, I'll do that next week, and I'll read my Bible later, I'll pray later, you know, I'll work on my recovery and myself later, I'll do these things later. We have to realize that, that life is short, time's running out, and we've got to give what time we can back to God. And so in James, James 4.13, he starts off, he says, look here, you who say, today or tomorrow, we are going to a certain town. We'll stay there a year and we will do business there and make a profit. And so James is kind of talking about just the arrogance we have with our schedule. That, that again, we forget that, that all the time we have is not actually ours, that it was a gift. It's kind of like the arrogance of my children when they say, get out of my room, dad. Like it's that same type of mentality, right? And when we tell God we don't have time, it, it, that's, that's what we're saying. Like we're talking to the gift giver, the one who said, this is yours. I've given it to you to do something great. And when we tell him we don't have time, it's that same type of mentality. I don't know about you, but I smacked crap out of my kids for talking to me like that. 
they, and we need to serve God, though. That was funny. It's okay to laugh. Um, <laughs> we need to realize that, that, that when we have that attitude towards God and the things that he's given us, it's the same. It's, it's such a place of immaturity. And we have to realize that, that all 168 hours this week are God's. And, and he's given us the privilege to use that time for ourselves. But there should be an expectation that we give some of it back to him, that we use it for him. Um, he continues in verse 14. He says, how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, and then it's gone. And then it's gone. And so we spend so much time really investing in, in our own schedule and things that are selfish. And, and we kind of lose sight of the fact that, that one, I, I don't know what tomorrow holds for me. I could be here. I could not be here. Um, I could be employed here. Um, Pastor Rick may finally get tired of me and fire me. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I mean, any number of things could take place. But, but we need to honor God with our schedule and realize that life is short and then realize that everything that we're doing here is leverage for eternity. That, that it's not, that this is just a breath. It's a wisp. It's a morning fog. It's here briefly and it's gone forever. In the short amount of time that we have here, we should steward well to use for God. This is a terrible illustration. I'm going to do it anyways. Um, if this cap represent, represented the, the breath of our life um, and, and I were to place it on this stage here and this stage was eternity, we spend all of our time and our energy focusing on this little amount here and we lose sight of the big picture, that, that what we're called to do, it has an eternal weight. And, and we focus on this spot here, and, and we ignore the rest of it. And we've got we've to realize that our schedule's not our own. Our time is a gift from God, and we need to use it to serve him. James wraps it up in 15 and 16. He says, what you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you are boasting about your own pretentious plans, and all such boasting is evil. What he's saying is, I mean, the things that we do in life should be guided and directed, not by our selfish desire, not by our will for our lives, but by the things that God wants us to do. And this is what you'll come to know and understand, that as you begin to serve God with your time, you'll enjoy it a lot better anyways. That we selfishly hold on to this, thinking that we're keeping something special. And the fact of the matter is that as we give it up, what God has for us is what's really special. That, that when I spent all my time focusing inwardly, I was missing true joy in life and the things that God has for me. And as I begin to open up and, and really give my time to God, that, that he brought me all sorts of things, all sorts of people, all sorts of relationships into my life that brought me more joy and happiness than I ever received when I spent every waking moment focused on me. And so again, point number one. So if we want a life well lived, we need to realize our schedule should not be our own. Point number two, if we want that well lived life, we've got to realize our talent should glorify God. Again, our talent should glorify God. Now, I know what you're thinking that can't be right. Can't be right. Our talent is so we can become TikTok famous, so we can get on YouTube and, and make raunchy videos, and so hopefully get a million followers or, or something like that, right? I mean, that's the mentality of society. 
And what's funny is that adults, man, I bag on my teenagers for that kind of mindset, um, but it wasn't any different when I was a kid, you know, 20-something years ago. I mean, everybody looked, I want to be famous. I want to be rich and famous, rich and famous. And, and guess what, man? Same was true for your parents. I mean, it doesn't matter what generation you come from, that there's always been this allure and this draw to use our talents and leverage them for ourselves so we can get a lot of attention and hopefully be wealthy. Now, I have no issue with wealth, people having money. That's great. I think that's a good thing. I think God wants us to have a lot. I, I do. And, um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with attention. I mean, I think, I think the fact that, that if we win and, and we're doing good, that, that's a great thing. If we're getting attention because we stand out. There's nothing wrong with that. What's wrong is when our heart says, this is all me. Or, or when everything that we do just points directly back to us without, again, glorifying the one who, who enabled us to do that, who, who gave us those gifts, who, who, man, allowed us to be successful in whatever it is that we do. And so we've got to realize, again, our talent should glorify God. Um, and so let's talk about talent. Everybody in here, no matter your, your education level, no matter where you come from, what you've been through, I'll be honest, I didn't graduate high school. I mean, it was one of the, I got, I got expelled. And so it's real easy to make excuses and say, I, I don't have anything. God didn't give me anything. I can't be successful at anything. Um, but the truth of the matter is that, that every single one of in, us in here is gifted with something. That God's gifted us in a unique way. And, and we can make excuses all day long and say, I don't have what they have. I don't, I don't have what they, that's the reason I was... I got dealt a different hand or whatever it is. And that's, that's bull crap. Can I say that up here? That's bull. I mean, you guys, <laughs> you got to realize that, that we've all been given something by God, no matter who you are, and we should leverage it to glorify him. First um, Peter 4.10 says this, God has given each of you, say each of you, each say that's me. that's me, that's me, each of you, a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. So we know this to be true. This isn't in the only place in, in Scripture that, that God reminds us that he's gifted us, that, that as we come into relationship, as we pursue him, as we serve him, God gifts us for his plan and for his purpose. I was not always gifted to speak. I really wasn't. I had a fear of speaking. I used to get sick before getting on any type of platform. But as we pursue God, not only is he gifted us, but he grows our gifting to do what he's called us to do. And so we've all been given these gifts, again, not to leverage for our attention, I, I can't get up here for me. That, that's a bad idea for everybody, especially me. That, that the, when we do things, it should be for one reason, to serve other people. It's, it's, it should be an outward expression. Bring glory to God and to serve people. He continues in verse 11. He says, um, do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift for helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything, say everything. everything, everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Again, so we, when it we comes to our talent, that's a gift. It was a gift from God. And we need to use those things to honor him and to serve him. And as we're coming out of our places of recovery, whatever that may be, again, that, that mentality and culture tells us this is all for me. And it's, it's all for my glory. It's all for my benefit. And God's word reminds us and tells us something different. No, as you're coming out of that place of selfishness, the best thing you can do is be selfless. 
being a good steward says, I'm going to take this gift that God's given me, and I'm going to share it with people. And you can have any number of gifts, and they can make a huge impact when you leverage them for Christ. When, when you use them to serve God, it's amazing that, that I've seen women on a Sunday morning who just hold babies. They do a lot more than that. But just the act of just holding somebody's child speaks volumes to mothers who come in here that come from broken places. Some of you may be in this room because somebody loved on your baby on a Sunday morning. And what seems like such a small thing was such a huge thing to somebody. And God used it to impact their heart and transform their life. That, that part of my story is the fact that somebody smiled at me and welcomed me to this church building and was kind to me and didn't turn me away. God used that to do tremendous things in my life that ultimately landed me here. If you're upset about that, you can find that person, whoever they may be, and, and take it up with them. But, but God uses our gifts, whatever they are, no matter how small we think they are, and that when we fully submit our time, when we fully submit our talent, God begins to use that to lift other people up, to bring them to him, and, and to move mountains. And so we've got to realize that if we want to live a life well lived, that, that our time, it's not ours, and our talents should be meant to glorify God. 1 Timothy 4.14 says, Do not neglect the spiritual gift you received through the prophecy spoken to you uh, over you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you. That, that not only have we been given a gift, but we shouldn't neglect it. That whatever it is you've received, that if you haven't taken the time to discover it and use it, you, you're failing. That, that's the failure, the lack of effort, the lack of trying, the lack of pursuit. That, that whatever you've been gifted with, man, begin to use it for God. And as you do these things, it helps you to grow in your recovery, helps give you a foundation in your relationships with, with Christ, the people around you. Um, it just, and it helps in every avenue, in every area of your life. And so again, point number one is our schedule should not be our own. Point number two, our talent should glorify God. And then point number three, everybody's favorite, earthly treasures should be leveraged for heavenly results. And so we're going to spend just a little bit of time on money. Um, and before you guys get all squirmy, I get it. It's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable for me to talk about. I want to point out a couple facts, though. Um, the Bible has about 500 verses on prayer. Prayer is pretty important. We'd all agree, right? God, God wants us to pray. That's an important thing. Um, it has less than 500 verses on faith. Now, how important is faith? I mean, that's the key to salvation. Confess with your mouth, believe with your heart, and then you'll be saved. I mean, um, our relationship with Christ, it, it's, it's hinged on faith yeah. and, and prayer, relationship with God. Um, and so less than 500, around 500 on each of those. Um, there, but there's about 200 or 2,300 um, Bible verses that deal with money and possessions. Now, why do you think that is? Um, I know before coming to the church, it was because I was convinced the church just wanted your money. Um, but... There's about 150 of you in here or so, and I don't remember charging anybody admission. Um, so that can't be the case, right? And so why does God put such a large emphasis on our finances, on our possession, on our treasure? Because that's the thing that, that we get enslaved to. That, that so often when I didn't have time for church, I didn't have time for life groups, didn't have time for Bible study, you know what I had time to do? Work, man, to make money to scratch out that living, that, that we put a huge priority on this. And, and it's the hardest thing for us to give up. It's, it's the thing that, that the devil, the enemy uses 
to draw a divide between us and God and what he has for us. And we have to begin to, to know and to understand and to realize that, that that's a gift from God too. And I'm not up here saying this because we're going to take up some big offering at the end. And it, it's so that, that we can know and understand that, that the enemy uses this, leverages it against us to keep us from the things of God. To keep us from, from places like this, from pursuing what he has for us. It's a stronghold potentially in everyone's life. And so we need to, to realize this, that earthly treasures should be leveraged for heavenly results. We need to learn that, that it's okay. It's okay to be wealthy. It's okay to have money. It's okay to spend money on yourself. Um, this past weekend, my wife let me sell a gun and spend a little more on a, a, a nice 1911. And that's good. I like that, man. Guns are awesome. And, and when I get to spend things on trucks, man, it's good, right? I like, I like to buy myself things. And I like to spend money on my family. And those are good things. There's nothing wrong with that. But, but when it comes past living, we need to, to learn to give too, that we need to do for, for others. Um, I like this. Uh, in Matthew, uh, Matthew 6, 19 through 20, it says this. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroy them. And where thieves break in and steal, store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. And so here Jesus is saying, hey, listen, like, don't put all your time that, that I've given you, that God's given you, and use all your talent that's been given to you just to store up things here on earth. Like that time, that talent, it's not meant for that. It's meant to be leveraged for things of God, right? That, that if we spend all of our time here, we ain't taking anything with us. It's all left behind. But we have an opportunity to take people with us. That's the one thing here that, that we interact with on a daily basis that, that can actually journey with us to, to the other side. That, that every person we win for Christ has the opportunity to join us when we have the opportunity to be in heaven. Not your car, not your house, not the clothes, not your Yeezys, none of that. I know, I just found out what Yeezys were the other day, so I was pretty proud of myself. Um, <laughs> um, none of it comes with us, but, but every person that we invite here Every time we use our time and our talent to leverage getting somebody through these doors and introducing him to a relationship with Jesus, they have the opportunity to come with us, to be with us, to recover with us, to find salvation with us. And so Jesus is saying, don't store up these type of treasures. That the things of this earth fade away, but, but leverage the things that I've given you here on earth for heavenly results. And he says, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. And so when it, comes, when it comes to governing our money, our finances, our time, our talent, we've got to realize that, that it should all be used to glorify God. That it's okay to spend time for yourself. It's okay to buy yourself things, to do those. I mean, I would never speak against any of that. I mean, I think that's great. But, but if that's all you're doing and you're not using any of it, to glorify God, to serve his plan and his purpose, then you're missing it. And it's one of those things that I think holds up so many of us in our recovery, that that, that selfishness, it hinders our relationships, our marriages, um, that it hinders us if, if you're struggling in substance abuse, that it drives so much of our behavior. And we've just got to realize that this is all a gift from God. 
and I'm gonna use it to serve him well, serve him well. Hebrews 13.5 says, don't love money, be satisfied with what you have. Again, don't love money, be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you and I will never abandon you. That what it's speaking there um, is, is some, we put so much emphasis on amassing things because we think it gives us an element of security. Um, but he's saying, hey, don't do that. Be satisfied what you have and realize that, that God will meet your needs, that God will provide for you. And then Luke 16, 9 says this. Here's the lesson. Use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. Then when your possessions are gone, and they will be, they will welcome you to an eternal home. That again, we should leverage our earthly treasure for heavenly results to serve God. Everything that we've given have been given as a gift from God. So to recap tonight, number one was this, our schedule should not be our own, that you've got 168 hours this week. I encourage you to take account all 168 and, and see if, if you're satisfied with that ledger. Are, are you giving enough to God, the one that's, that's given you everything, that, that saved you, that's brought you to this place today? Number two, our talent our talent should glorify God. It's real easy to get caught up using the things that God's given us so that we'll have attention, so, so that we can have fame, so people will pay attention to us, but everything that God's given us should glorify him. And then number three, earthly treasure should be leveraged for heaven result, results. That the things that God's given us, man, it's, it's our greatest tool and our greatest resource, all three of these things, to get people here to invest in the one thing that we can take with us. A couple of action steps tonight. Number one, take account of all that God's given us. Every single person in here has those three things, time, talent, treasure. We've all been given stuff. We've all been asked to steward, to be responsible for these three gifts and then determine what you're keeping versus what you're giving to God. And it's okay. It's okay to do for you. It's okay to have but it's not okay to neglect the things of God. Um, and then number three, begin to look for ways to leverage what you've been given for God. Begin to look for ways to serve. Maybe you're in here and you're like, man, Pastor, and I have no money, like zero, zilch. Like um, <laughs> I had to walk here. Man, I get it. I've been there. But you can serve, right? I mean, you, you, can, you can give God some time by, by handing stuff out at the door, by smiling at people as they walk in. It may seem insignificant to you, but... But broken people come through our doors all the time, and that may be the only smile they saw all week. And God can use that to change their story. And so take an assessment of what you have. What can you leverage for, for God? What can you use to serve him? We're all in here because God's done something in our lives. And maybe that was use a judge to, to mandate that you come here. But <laughs> for whatever reason, man, God's done something. And it's time that we begin to give back and we begin to serve. And so tonight, everything we talk about, it hinges on one thing. That's a relationship with Jesus. That, that if you want set free, that, that if you want better relationships, better marriage, if you want success in your recovery, whatever it is, it hinges on a relationship with Jesus. And so if you're in here tonight and you've never done that, you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, you've, you've never submitted to him fully or, or at all, and I want to encourage you that at the end of service, we're going to have our chip prayers and huggers at the front. And they would love to pray with you and for you so that you can make Jesus the Lord of your life, maybe for the first time. 
Maybe you've done that before. Maybe you've gotten off track. You've blown it. You've missed it. You've messed up. Whatever it is. Man, I get it. I mess up all the time. But it's time to come back. It's time to say, you know what, God? I see you. I hear you. I realize that I'm way off base. It's, it's time tonight to recommit. And so maybe that's you. It's, maybe it's your turn to come up here and say, God, I want to come home. And then lastly, maybe you're in here and, and you're in a good place, but there's just some things in your life that, that God's just been dinging you all night saying, let that go. Deal with that. Forgive that person. Heal wherever you're at with that. Um, if that's you, we are, we're going to have our white chips up here and you have an opportunity to come pick one of these up. And all that is, is something that signifies between you and God that you've laid that down, that you've given him the opportunity to deal with that. It's not for us. We won't see it. You can write today's date. You can write down what it is. But these chips, is just a reminder that, that you're pursuing something different and that you've given it all to God. And then if you just need prayer, if you're in here and you're like, I just need somebody to journey with me, to pray with me. I need somebody to celebrate with me, whatever it may be. We want to do that for you too. I mean, this is a house of prayer. And so for any of those things tonight, to give your life to Christ for the first time, to recommit, to pick up a white chip, or just to pray, we want to encourage you to come down front um, and just join us. And so if you guys could right now as we close, if you'll stand to your feet as we close in worship.